your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 466 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains. And Pilsy, who you got tonight? Gold medal game with the World Juniors. Ross, just look behind your shoulder and that is your answer. Team Canada would definitely have won a gold medal and Guess who would have got the winner? Ridley Gregg. Obviously, <laughs> that's what that's that's what I'm deciding anyways. All right, that's settled then right here on LOSB <laughs> Team Canada World Junior Champions. We will touch on Ridley Gregg's Instagram post. Too funny. The photo he yes. chose embracing the mentality. But speaking of Team Canada, in all seriousness, the Olympics, even with no NHLers, will go on. And the long list has been leaked. To Scott Wheeler. A couple corrections from Darren Dreger, but we'll get into who could represent Canada in Beijing. We'll also touch on the Ottawa Senators who get back to practice today. They haven't played in, they haven't played two games in 20 days, Pelzi. So this is going to be another long layoff before Saturday in Vancouver. All that to say, there is one Senators player who made the long list for Team Canada. I didn't know NHLers could go, so we'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, January 5th. Want to wish a happy birthday to future Ottawa Senator Shane Wright, Pilsy, because now that it's 2022, I don't think it's too early to start talking about the NHL draft. Are we hitting the tankathon um, spin already? I don't know. I want an optimistic Wednesday right now because there's not a whole lot to smile about in the last no. couple of weeks, especially if you're waiting for the next Ottawa Senators game. So let's try to have some fun here, Pilsy. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're all about. I mean, geez, we're uh, we're just coming up with stuff to talk about here, so we might as well have fun along the way because uh, we are a hockey podcast. I know maybe that seems Whoa. crazy with uh, covering a team that does not play hockey, but uh, the postcast. Yeah, remember, we missed the that? postcast. Yeah, that was fun. That was especially when it wasn't six nothing losses. It was yes. fun when they were on their hot one one and one streak. Yeah, January 1st was a little hazy of a day in all aspects. So that game is quickly going to the back of the brain right next on the garbage dump right next to the Calgary Flames game. All right, I'm at Tankathon Pilsy. Arizona has the best chance. You know they have six wins on the season. That's tough. Montreal has seven wins on the season. They've got one win in their last 10. They are hitting the tank button every day. Ottawa coming in third on this list just ahead of Seattle. We would have had a tankathon match for the ages to kick off 2022. Seattle, Ottawa did not happen. One spin, Ottawa drops both spots down to fifth. All right, so there goes Optimistic Wednesday. Well, hey, I, I still got a spin here, Ross, right, but also I said it to you before we started. Shane Wright, I just feel it in my bones. He's going to Seattle. So I don't have a lot of hope that he's coming to Ottawa, but official I, prediction. Yeah, that's my official prediction. It's not too soon, right? <laughs> too soon. To it's 2022. Exactly. Okay, here we go. 
Arizona, Montreal, Ottawa. Oh, so no nothing changes. changes. Wow. Sweet. I should finish up by saying mine was Chicago first. Oh, no. <laughs> That's happened before. Yeah. Uh, and Philadelphia second. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. But hey, that might jump them into full rebuild mode. And then, hey, closures. Yeah. yeah, maybe. But that all to say. So we, we spoke to uh, Tony Ferrari right before the World Juniors. We talked about some draft eligible guys. Who in the top five? catches your attention the most right off the bat without we obviously have a ton of digging to do before july 8th i want to say it's early july the seventh. draft seventh and eighth boom so we're yep. both right how about that <laughs> first round on the seventh though who who's the one guy that catches your eye that you know the senators won't draft won't draft well whoever you pick they're not going to draft <laughs> okay yes yes you can That's, tell me uh, 20 names out of the top five and honestly yeah let me just scroll them. down to uh top second round prospects and uh, i can make a choice for you here but i i think uh you know if shane wright's not available a guy like logan cooley makes a lot of sense yeah. too right that's the guy i've kind of been targeting and i'll admit i haven't deeply uh dived into uh the draft yet i've been holding off in in hope that this wouldn't be another year of us covering the draft more than we cover actual hockey but that's the way it's looking and uh so for now with the little research i've done and listening to tony uh cooley sounds like a good option yeah how about how about adding another center to the depth on this team especially when you look at the uh the wingers and the centers everything in the depth chart right now for ottawa i think that's a good topic to get into on tomorrow's show just where are the senators strengths going forward into the next two, three years, right? Because, like, if you look at – they probably will end up drafting a goalie, but the the age of the goalies that they have right now, with Mando being 21, Sogard 22, and Gus 23, like, do you really need to add another one? Maybe in the later rounds, but – yeah, that, I, I'm of the mind that you should draft a goalie every every draft, right? In like the later goalie, rounds? Yeah, or wherever. Wherever? Like, yeah, depending on how you feel. But, look, Joey Decord, seventh-round draft pick. yeah. You can find uh, real gems deeper in the draft. And goalies are so voodoo anyways. Like, you might as well try try your hand at one. And if it doesn't work out, it's not a big deal. I'd rather than take a chance on a goalie in the seventh round than some random <laughs> massive defenseman. No, no disrespect. But <laughs> that, being, <laughs> that being said, um, I do think center would be a great place to target. You know, you got your wingers in 2020 with, uh, with Igor and Roby. And, and Reinhardt, for that matter, who's managed to play a pretty good role here in, in an AHL spot over his first two years. And then on the back end, wouldn't mind a right-shot defenseman either. You think left are probably set going forward yeah. uh, when you look even down to the K-train, Sanderson, Shabbat, and, and the like of them. Hey, we might see some young defensemen on the right side, though. We could see as many as three. There's three with the team right now with Gaynette, JBD, and Lassie Thompson. Yep. But now you're looking, say these guys start taking the step to the NHL level, who's going to replace them in the system? Yep, exactly. And, and I think that makes sense. Like, really, at this point, the Senators, they're not, like, I don't i don't know where to target for them because, yeah, they have some center depth, but you can always use a centerman. I, I think you start looking at the wing, though, and you start looking for a sniper on the wing, right? Like, not... Well, we got, we got the magician coming over next year, Victor Lodine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Abercadabramov, um, <laughs> but he, that's, that's the style of player that I would be talking about. Cause yeah, now that you got Boucher, like there, there's enough physical power forward talent on, on this team, I Please. would say, or there should be enough when he comes up. So I want a guy who 
literally it's just goal scoring like Jack Quinn would be a perfect example of that kind of player like someone who you just know has an elite shot maybe doesn't do a whole lot of uh everything else Digging very good corner yeah exactly but you've got guys for that and they need some players in that top six I mean the top line is filled with it but that second line needs some players to compliment Timmy I think Brad Lambert really opened my eyes yeah, okay. at the World Juniors. The Finnish slash Canadian, but he represents Finland on the national stage. Um, he, he really struggled to start this year. Two goals, dash 10, 31 penalty minutes in only 24 games in, in Liga. But he was just electric. Great skating. at, uh, at like That's what Timmy needs to play on his line. He needs another guy who's a great skater and can make plays at high speeds. Because... He's just left in the dust when he's trying to do these little give-and-go plays and they can't get him the puck back, and then there's a turnover half the time. So that's something that needs to be addressed going forward. But can Shane Pinto be that guy, Like at least at center? And, and then does that move Timmy to wing? So that, yeah. to me, is, is another interesting part here. When we talk about the young depth in the organization, how much of injuries played a, a role in not only figuring out who you have in Tim Stutz as a centerman, but to play a role in confusion? as to what's next because Shane Pinto's not playing on the wing. No. You don't go 20 and 0 in a game in the NCAA in the faceoff dot and then ever play wing again in your life. But in all in all seriousness, like Colin White's probably to me the most prime example should he not be bought out or at least at the end of this year to slide over to the wing. Absolutely. Yeah, like I, and I don't think like has there ever really been a time where we've been like, yeah, Colin White is such a good centerman? No, you know, like he, maybe I, when he had when he had Brady Kachuk and Mark Stone on his wings. Yeah, fair, fair, That'll forty help. points. Yeah, definitely, that's uh, that's fair. But like, I think he's just uh, his skills are just as transferable center to wing. It's not like he's more dominant in one area. So in that case, you move him over to the wing. And yeah, uh, Ian Mendez talked about in his article today that Colin White, if he gets back uh, according to his timeline. And depending on how these postponed games go, he could have like a decent amount of games to really have an audition. Been, that was such an unlucky injury. Remember that in preseason? Like, yeah, that's tough. tough. Especially for a guy that like this was a year where he could really take a, a hold of a good center position job because they he didn't go out pe- and acquire anyone. He was penciled in as the number two center. Going to yeah. training camp. Well, uh, Pinto, him and Pinto were still kind of uh, working well, on that. But- or Tierney. Yeah, yeah. They that's actually, Tierney did start training camp there. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, like, at the very least, he would have been a third-line center. And that's a good spot for Colin White to be. So, he really, like, the way he plays is going to have a massive effect on how this team shapes up going forward. Because if he's good, then you're not talking about buying him out. Maybe teams are interested in trading for him. I don't know with that contract, though. So, it's, it's going to be tough for sure. But... I, I'm I rooting for if, Colin White. I, like he I, seems like a guy that the the boys love in the room. Like he oh, seems like 100%. a good glue guy. Um, he's done this once before, but I'm curious if he would have a three game conditioning stint in Belleville just to get the feet under him. Because if he has one or two bad games, the fans are going to get on him right away. Well, but the problem was Ross is he had that conditioning stint, but I think he only got one game because he had to be emergency called up. And then right. I, I think that didn't do him any good because he wasn't quite ready yet. So he's had a couple kind of injury related uh, issues that have just kind of given him false starts here. So hopefully when he comes back, he can really show the sense that, yeah, he's a guy you need to keep around because otherwise he's, in my opinion, he's the top buyout 
candidate. D- the mostly, top? Yeah, because of his uh, yeah. the the restriction, if he's bought out early, you only play one-third of it, right? Like, that would be the most efficient buyout. Sure, yes. Matt Murray is the one, the, the biggest one, but it's not as efficient as Colin White's right. buyout would be. Speaking of buyouts, could there be a mo- mutual termination coming up for a um, Senator's contract? We'll touch on that and get more into this conversation tomorrow in terms of the depth chart of the Ottawa Senators and which kids does Pilsy think can step up and take a full-time NHL role by next season. But before we get to all that, let's give you a word from our friends at Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They come in 16 amazing flavors as well. You already know that they're 100% covered in real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And if you grab a Built Bar, not only are you making a delicious choice, but you're making a healthy choice because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, but they're high in protein and high in fiber. That's a nutritional grand slam. Check them out right now, builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. So that's builtbar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. You're going to love them. You're going to love them. You're going to get the mix box of Built Bar. That's the play because you can try all the great, amazing flavors that Built Bar has to offer. Don't forget promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy. So the Senators have played one game in the last 20 days. They don't play tomorrow. No, they don't play Friday either. And then Saturday... They go in to take on a Vancouver Canucks team that's won eight of their yeah. last nine games. Fun. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, like that Vancouver Canucks team is just flying. Like it's insane what uh, a new coach has been able to do there. So that is definitely going to be a game where hopefully enough guys come back from the COVID list. The teams get a couple good practices in. You get guys ready to go, get some conditioning in, some good skates and stuff. But I mean, if Thatcher Demko is on his game and the top guys in Vancouver like Hughes and Pedersen are on their game, that is a tough team to beat. Yes, they certainly are. And they've got uh, great goaltending as well. The coaching has really come through. So that's, I mean, I just want to watch a hockey game. I don't care. Actually, I do care what the score is because I watched a hockey game on Saturday and I did not enjoy it at all. So I'm going to take that back, actually. Uh, It'll be worth staying up for 10 p.m. Eastern. And obviously, we got the postcast coming afterwards. And then the following weekend, we're going to have a live postcast on the Friday from the Ralph. So stay tuned for all that. But Pilsy, what do you want to hit on first? Should we get into Tyler Boucher a little bit or Team Canada's potential Olympic rosters? Let's go Team Canada. All right. Well, the tease was, could the Senators have a mutual termination of a contract? Because... This was eyebrow raising. Scott Wheeler from The Athletic, you might have heard of him, big Jake Sanderson fan. He tweeted out a long list of players that Team Canada is considering for their Olympic roster. And there were some familiar names of players from years past. There were some players who left the NHL on very bad terms based on their conduct outside of the rink. And then... There was one player, and there were prospects. There were some guys like Owen Power and Cole Perfetti, Mason McTavish, Kent Johnson, and Caden Gooley, guys who just starred for the World Junior Team. But there was also one player, one, who was on a one-way NHL contract. 
why is Michael Delzato being considered for the Olympic team? And how is this legal in any sense? Yeah, I, I don't understand it. And uh, Scott did follow up his tweet saying that Team Canada is really kind of opening the doors and allowing different things to happen to get more players onto this team and to have more players eligible. But I don't think the NHL is going to be uh, okay with that after. <laughs> like, imagine Del Zotto goes to the Olympics still on an NHL contract and Brad Marchand's like, He's gonna lose hell? It. he would lose it. But I think... What this is implying, Ross, is that maybe Del Zotto and the Senators would be uh, interested in mutually terminating his contract. Therefore, he would no longer be an NHL player. Then he can go to the Olympics, have a big showcase. And what, is this the third Michael Del Zotto returns to the NHL tour? Like, he's already done that a couple times. So maybe he thinks that would work. And yeah, Michael Delzato also, if you check out his career earnings on Cat Friendly, it might surprise you. Like, he's been around for a while and gotten a couple decent contracts. So he's not probably too worried about losing this short-term deal he's got with the Sens. If he thinks he can come back, sign somewhere else where they'll actually play him on opening night and he won't get sent down to Belleville. Yeah, tough, <laughs> tough couple months for Michael Delzato uh, in Ottawa. What is it, 25 mil? 24 mil is his career earnings, yeah. So. Yeah. He's doing all right. So not the end of the world. And uh, that being said, though, like I just I'm so confused at how this would play out. It doesn't make sense. That's the only way, right? Is or I mean, I'm not a. uh, But the NHL said that they were going to try to close loopholes that would would happen. So my understanding would be he'd have to sit out the rest of this NHL season. Yeah, and I think he's prepared to do that, seeing as he's pretty much doing he, it anyway. He's he's renting a room in Belleville or something like. So I think he'd be pretty open to that, and I think that's the thing. Like they talked about it on Thirty Two Thoughts. Like some players were like, "Oh, well, I'll just say I'm retiring, not sign my retirement papers, go play in the Olympics, and then come back later." No, you can't do that. Or they'll say, you know, we'll we'll change the contract or whatever. The NHL has already thought of these, but if you're just going to be like straight up. I don't, I'm not concerned about the NHL right now. I only want to go to the Olympics and maybe come back to the NHL later. And no offense, but if you're a guy that like Michael Delzato, who isn't going to move the needle too far one way or another, regardless of what you do, I'm not sure the NHL is too concerned about that. So that's going to be interesting. But also if you're the senators, it seems like a weird move because they like, yes, Michael Delzato is not an amazing defenseman, but they need veteran defensemen just in this organization. Like, I honestly think Michael Delzato being in Belleville would be a great thing for Belleville and for players playing there. Just except, helps. For, except for him. Yeah, except for him. Yeah, exactly. So if you're Ottawa, why would you why would you do that other than dollars and cents, obviously, which is a big deal for Eugene Mellick clearing two mil, well, four mil basically uh, in, in salary owed. But like, I think for, for me personally, it seems to make sense. And then Troy Mann, I bet, would love to have an NHL veteran that he knows is going to be there for him to rely upon. So it, it would seem like a weird move for the Sens. And and also, like, this would be, if you're looking, if the Sens were interested in that, it's better to terminate the contract than to buy him out. Now, I th- people are clamoring for a Michael Delzato bio, but I think that's such a... It's just a waste. A terrible idea, yeah. He's on a short-term contract, and... $2 million isn't nothing, but it's also like not going to do anything. Buyouts were created so that teams who gave out massive big contracts wouldn't be anchored down and the competitive level wouldn't be ruined by a team having a, a Jeff Skinner making $9 million and he's only producing at a fourth line rate or whatever. And now they can't 
uh, sign other players. But for them, it's a different situation. You know what I mean? Like that. So Michael Delzato, two years, two million a year is not the reason the buyouts were created here. So that that I don't think is an option. But I, I was pretty shocked to see Delzato's name on that list. Not going to lie. Yeah, he stood out like a sore thumb. And yeah. if you look at the other names, like guys who have no NHL experience and other guys who Darren Drager was quick to come in and correct and say, well, they're not eligible. And got, that would be guys like Cole Perfetti, who right now is in the NHL with the Winnipeg Jets. Hasn't played a game, but was recalled from Canada's World Junior Team right to the NHL. Jack Quinn on an NHL contract with obviously 2A entry level, but he's under contract in the NHL. I believe that's what the restrictions are. You can't be on an NHL contract and go over to the Olympics. But the other names... I think we, we've got our captain lined up here, and it's important before we mention it that the Olympics this year will be played on NHL size ice. So not, oh, okay. not yep. the same amount of skating as in years past. You got to think Eric Stahl is going to be the captain. Okay, good. That's what I was thinking. I was hoping you were going that direction too. Yeah, definitely. I think that makes the most sense out of all these guys on the list. For he's sure. the only one. He's the only one who made the Olympic team with NHLers. He was on the 2010 team. True. Yeah, that's also a good point. Yeah. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense. But then, yeah, there's there's some other names here. Uh, yeah, like uh, Adam Cracknell, like some of these guys that, you know, used to be NHL players or had NHL aspirations that I think would make a lot of sense to go on this team as well. Like basically, like we're looking for Spengler Cup type players, yes. I think is, is a way to look at this. Now, super interesting as well. Uh, the other most notable former NHLer would be goaltender Devin Dubnik. Uh, yeah, who, who played a long time in the NHL. His career numbers, though, look at his last couple of years. Oops. Um, yeah. But goalie-friendly show, Devin Levi uh, would make a great choice. He's at Northeastern University right now. So he's yep. drafted the NHL, but unsigned. So much like Jake Sanderson would be eligible, and Owen Power, for that matter, yep. since we're focusing on Canada. So I, I do think that they're going to be an interesting team. I'm going to watch, of course. It's Team Canada playing hockey. No doubt I'm going to be in the mix. Yeah. but. Um, th- this is all to say it's going to be, you're right, a Spangler Cup-ish team, but with a couple high-end players. Because So the one guy who I'm, I think is in a bit of gray area is Mason McTavish because he was on an NHL contract, but it slid to next year because he was assigned to junior. So is he still a pro hockey player or is he a junior hockey player? Because he's playing the OHL. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would assume he's a junior player, right? Right, because, but he yeah. played NHL games this year. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anyways. this this is where we need uh, a capologist or someone. Yeah, is, uh, or somebody Pillar, from the IOC. Yeah, yeah, from the IOC. Brandon Pillar, not a doctor, not a not lawyer, <laughs> just a guy, just chatting, just, just having a friendly a good time. neighborhood podcaster. Um. Okay. Well, well, another one. Uh, Jason Demers and is another name. So yeah. that's uh, that's another guy who's got what five hundred NHL games under his belt. So Definitely. there are guys who are we got guys. Here. We got guys. We got guys going to the Olympics. So we'll see how the guys do against other guys in the tournament where we wish it was the guys, but it's not. It's just, it's just guys. All right, Pilsy. So Tyler Boucher, I want to touch on him for a little bit and the rest of the sense prospect group, because a lot of them are finishing up their winter breaks and back in action on January 7th. Do you think Tyler Boucher will be one of those players? Because JF, I want to give him proper credit here. Uh, Ledois, I'll give the, the paper credit for now. But a reporter with Ledois reported yesterday that Tyler Boucher arrived in Canada 
at the Ottawa airport. I must have just missed him. And then cleared customs. He's all set to go, picked up. So he is boots on the ground in Ottawa. Is two days enough to get him up to speed, or would you hold him out of the lineup with the 67s? Yeah, it's a tough decision, especially because he hasn't played in quite some time now, now that you're you're looking at it. Um, but I think he just wants to get in games, right? So I think if you're a young guy developing, you can bounce back from COVID also. Personally, selfishly, I would get him in there. But uh, <laughs> if you're the coach and maybe other players, maybe you want to you know, see chemistry he has with other lines, get him acclimated to a junior hockey, that kind of thing. So if he doesn't play the first game, that's understandable. But I, I want to see him. Let's go. Yeah, it's JF Plant who uh, who tweeted that out. So we'll see if he plays. They're in Oshawa, Oshawa. or playing against Oshawa um, coming up on Friday. And they've got a busy schedule coming up. So if he misses this one, he'll get in the next one and the next that's one and the, the next one. So there's lots more rope for uh, for Boucher to have here going forward just can't wait to see him in the barber poles it's gonna be <laughs> awesome awesome even his first practice i'm sure brandon Mackey will be all over getting the content out for sends twitter also ridley greg returns to brandon wheat king's lineup on january 7th i saw someone was wearing the c in his absence i don't like that move i don't like that move at all yeah especially when you're off playing for your country like if he was stolen valor yeah like if he was called i know with juniors he can't get called up but if he was going to some other team, whatever. But, like, yeah, he's going to play for his country. It's not like he's abandoning uh, the boys for, like, uh, a, a payday or something. So, I don't know. I don't like that either. Like, he's, he's your captain. Like, you got to put some respect on that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, our boy Carson Latimer had three assists in four games this past week. So Huge. Uh, or the past, yeah, week. So, he's back in action on January 7th in Swift Current. And just scrolling down here, we talked about Zach Ostapchuk, his game-winning goal against or with uh, the Vancouver Giants there and then let's get let's get Jake Sanderson and and uh, Tyler Clevin back on the ice here they're uh, January 7th and 8th against Cornell before they host Johnny Tyconic and Omaha at the Ralph next weekend and Pilsy good thing that Omaha got the, their COVID situation taken care of beforehand because their games this weekend against Denver postponed until February because of COVID. So you got to think now with a 10 day stretch, they'll be good to go for North Dakota. Hopefully. Yeah. And with college hockey, like they're not playing in between that. So that's a nice thing too. You get, but they also don't have call-ups. So if you don't have the players, you're done. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) Well, We'll just see what happens. That's that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, because I, I want to go to the Ralph so bad. It seems we'll so just cool. go anyways. We'll just go anyways. We'll, we'll just uh, go. Close yeah. our eyes and, and just mesmer. Uh, what do you call it? Where you visualize. make it happen? Visualize. Thank you. Ross, I'll bring my uh, goalie equipment. And if they're not playing, we'll play. We'll play. Exactly. We'll get the K train to come out and take shots on us and there all that. Go. No, that's hilarious. Um, All right. And then Belleville, just to finish up here, Pilsy, they're back on the ice next weekend. Who do they have on their schedule? I'm pulling it up right now. I think it's the Springfield. What's their yeah, name? The, the Thunderbirds? Thunderbirds. Yeah, the Thunderbirds. So For that's two in a row. interesting one. Who's their NHL team? Florida? It's the Florida Panthers. Or it was, but I think they share it with Charlotte now because I remember Dax was playing in Charlotte. Yeah. And then they had uh, they had Spencer Knight after he let in eight against True. Ottawa. They had yep. him go, and, and there was a bit of uh, – Je ne sais quoi there. I'm just, uh, what do we got? Uh, looks to me, yep, the St. Louis Blues farm team. Okay. 
Ottawa, yeah. a couple Ottawa boys here, Nathan Todd and Will Bitten on the team. Will Bitten, nice, nice. Yeah, the, Ross, this is going to be a tough task. The Thunderbirds are top in their division, and only four other teams are ahead of them in the standings Ooh. points-wise. So going from losing to the Marlies like that, and the Marlies are not a, a top-tier team, this is going to be a wake-up call for Belleville, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially with all the players brought up to the NHL and Taxi Squad now. Yeah, we'll touch on that a lot more on Friday. Pilsy, so tomorrow, get your pen, get your paper, put on your capologist hat, put on your scouting hat. I need every all hands on deck for a Thursday edition of Locked On Senators where we're going to project what this team is going to look like in 12 months, or maybe we'll say eight months. Let's see the start of next season. Who would you keep or cut? That is what a game we're going to play here. Colin White's name might come up, and there's no deferring. I'm not letting you say, oh, let's wait and see how he does. No, the pressure is on tomorrow right right here. So stay tuned for all that. Really appreciate everyone listening to the show, Pilsy, especially like downloads haven't even taken a hit, and the Sens have barely played. So we can't thank everybody enough for continuing to make us a part of your daily routine. Yeah, definitely. We we appreciate it, and that's why we get up in the morning to grind to give you guys content. And hey, open invitation. If you guys have content ideas or things you want to hear us talk about, shoot us a message, tweet at us. Ross knows all the social media handles. You guys know them. So we like we're we're doing our best here, and we're trying to have some fun, and uh, we're going to keep this show going. The show by fans. For fans, and yes, hit us up on Twitter at SenseCentral on Instagram, LockedOn.Senders. We've got a little list of uh, of people who want to be Sense Central citizens. If you want to add your name to the list, get on it. And I, I gotta stop Slack. I gotta reach out, and we gotta get that going. Maybe on Friday, or we'll start next week with it. We'll figure it out here coming up because I think this road trip's happening, Pilsy, outside of the states. I it think they're like gonna it. do it. Well, and the thing too, Ross is uh, Elliot Friedman was talking about this, like. After January 16th, which is kind of the date where they've gone all the way up postponing games, the league can't really postpone much more games because then the Olympic break is happening in two weeks. Like that buffer period that you had is right around the corner. So you can't be postponing games at the buffer period. Like you've run out of runway now. So I think once this mid-January kind of goes forward, they just have to go through with the games. Like whether there's fans or not, whether they're making revenue, no matter. Like they just don't have any more room to push these down the road. So I think once we get past that point, it's going to be not, I was was almost going to say smooth sailing. That's not a thing in these days, but we should have more assurance that these games will go on. And uh, there's going to be some interesting weeks. Like there's going to be a lot of weeks, Ross, where we have four games a week, just because they got to squeeze them in. We are ready. We are ready. ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. And we hope you are as well. Appreciate you listening for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.